Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Thanksgiving gets looked over. Some people see it as the gateway to Christmas, but I love Thanksgiving. I love the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I love Thanksgiving food. I love the show Friends and every Thanksgiving episode that they have. I love Thanksgiving. And I love Thanksgiving because also for me, it's kind of low key. I don't cook, can't cook. So my job is to look for the best Cracker Barrel, or Honey Baked Ham Coupon. That's kind of my job in my family. So when you think of Thanksgiving though, or you think of the holidays, you may think of it maybe a little bit differently. Maybe it's something uh, that you dread. Maybe because of family members that are no longer with you. Maybe because of the people that you have to be around. I don't know what the difference in that is. But we can pause here and we can be honest that being thankful or displaying thankfulness or gratefulness in our life can be difficult when we're going through a difficult time, amen? Amen. It can be difficult when life is crazy or when we're down. And I don't know about you, but it seems to me like the first behavior that goes for me when I'm going through a difficult time is gratefulness. It's like, hello, I'm Chesney and I complain, right? We all kind of go through those times in our life. But I want us to bring, I want to bring some hope today and I want, to, want you to know that things can be better and things can be different through Jesus. And Thanksgiving can be more than just a holiday, amen? amen? It can be something that we live out, which I believe is God's will for us each and every day. It isn't a feeling, but it's more a state of being. And some people will say, we'll just have an attitude of gratitude. And that's great, and I know that's our goal, and it rhymes, and it's easy to remember. But it's, all, it's not always that easy, is it? Just have an attitude of gratitude. I think there's things in our life that we have to put in place, like habits, that contribute to that behavior of gratitude in our life. Because when we put habits into our life, it begins to change our behavior. Would you agree with that? When we begin to practice habits, good or bad, it does take something, a a continuation, a process of doing something over and over and over again. And we do call that practice. Look to your neighbor and say practice. Look to your other neighbor and say practice makes progress. We're not perfect, are we? It's going to make progress in our life. But here's the deal. Gratitude isn't something that we have in our life or gratefulness isn't something that we have in our life just to make us more pleasurable people to be around. But there's actually benefits to our life. God actually has a lot to say about gratefulness. There's hundreds of verses about thanksgiving. And so there's some benefits to us in order to have a healthy state of mind. Psychology Today Journal says that happiness can be achieved as a byproduct of gratefulness. That gratefulness is proven to lower stress 
in your life, how many of us could use a little less of that? Amen? Amen. Gratefulness can actually increase your immunity to ward off sickness. Now, earlier this month, I had bronchitis. And I want to tell you, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Yes, I brought it back, okay? It opens the door, gratefulness does, to more relationships in our life. It reduces anger and aggression, helps you sleep better, and improves self-esteem. Those are the benefits to gratefulness. So today, I want to talk about how we can grow in gratefulness. And we're going to look at some of the people in the Bible and go throughout their life and how they can show us how they were going through things and still produce gratefulness in their life. And then I'm going to give us some habits some, to practice in order to take things home practically that will enhance what we're trying to go for. So, number one, if we're going to grow in gratefulness, number one, would you write this down? I will practice, there's that word again, practice, I will practice gratefulness for the. Now, I'm going to explain in just a moment, but if you'll write down, I will practice gratefulness for the. Now, let's pretend that Moses from the Old Testament is coming to the stage today. And he's going to teach us a lesson about gratefulness. Honestly, your grandmother and your mother taught you this, okay? I want us to look at this verse in Deuteronomy 8 and 10. Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and he's telling them to practice something, again, that is everyday life. And he says this, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the, would you circle those words, for the, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now, most people in those days, if they were going to eat, they would farm land. Would you agree with that? Or somebody would be farming land for them. And Moses is just simply saying, when God gives you the ability to produce a crop, in good land, in good soil, praise the Lord for the good land that he has given you. These two words, for the, prompt us to know what to thank God for as well. It's easy enough. But how many times do we fail to say thank you to people and even God when goodness or kindness is being demonstrated toward us? We just kind of move on, don't we? especially to the people in our own house. And we think, well, that's just your job or that's just your job. You should do that. That's just what we should do. But if someone displays something kind toward you, the right response is, now this side. Thank you. Thank you. It's, this is preschool level, y'all. Preschool level. Thank God for the... It's just manners, but sometimes we just move on. When we sit down at the table, that's why we teach our children to say a blessing, to say, thank you, Lord, for the food. Bless the hands that have prepared it. When we sit down to read our Bible, we can say, thank you, Lord, for your word. When we come to church on the first day of a new week, Lord, thank you for what you helped me through last week. When we give an offering, when we give a tithe, we're saying, thank you. When we're serving, we're saying thank you. And just let me say, 
as a side note, that growth track is a place you can go and you can figure out how God has wired you to serve. What is my purpose, you ask? Go to growth track and find out. In fact, we're entering a new decade, right? 2020 is coming. Be the last class of this year to go through growth track. So on the back of your connection card, maybe you say, well, I can't finish the whole thing in December. That's okay. But next week is week one. So maybe you can at least start. Go to growth track and find out how God has wired you to serve. Say thank you. Psalm 107 and 2 says this. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Another translation says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's time for us to speak out. It's time for us to say so to our spouse, to our children who do what we ask them to on the second time instead of the sixth time. That's progress. We need to say thank you to our bosses, to our leaders, to our friends, to our employees. Thank you. Some people will say, well, it's in my heart. They should know that. It's the way I feel. They should just be able to know what's in my heart. But can I say, no, they don't? Because unspoken gratitude is ingratitude. Unspoken gratitude is perceived as no gratitude at all. When you don't thank people, they don't feel thanked. Thank you. This is bottom level. Now, you say, well, again, you know, it's in my heart, but our, our utility companies, it's like saying this, my utility companies should know that I appreciate them for the power that they give me. Why should I have to pay them? <laughs> but can I tell you that our utility companies have mastered a way for us to say thank you? You get that little invitation in the mail every month. And if you don't send money to say thank you for the power that I have received, I would like more next month, please. They will send you another notice that says, pass due. Can I tell you that there's some relationships and people in our life that thankfulness toward them is past due? When's the last time you said, Thank you, God. Not ask for anything, even though he wants us to do that, but maybe just start your prayer off with thank you. When's the last time we said thank you to our family members? See, it's not the things in our life, it's the appreciation around the things in our life that calls us to be grateful. It's not getting more, even though you're gonna get that Black Friday ad. We can't even have a day of Thanksgiving without all these ads coming to us, telling us about what we need that's new, that will give us more joy and more happiness. It's not about that. It's not about things. It's about being grateful and learning to be grateful for what we have. And I know we get distracted, it's just normal. It's like the man that was on a deserted island. He had been deserted for a while and prayed for someone to come rescue him. And all of a sudden, a boat was coming. The captain gets off the boat. We're here to take you home. He's so grateful. He's so thankful. And the captain says, since you're okay, we want to make sure you're okay physically. But since you are okay, uh, could you give us a tour of where you've been all these days? And he's like, sure. So they walk down the beach and there's a structure that they come to. 
And the captain says, well, tell me about this. And he says, well, this is shelter I've built as my home. This is where I would go to get out of the rain and get out of the sun. Oh, that's very interesting, he said. Show me more. So they continue on down the beach. They come to another structure. And the captain is saying, he, he looks at him and he says, well, did you need two homes? And he said, no, I, I, this is not my home. This is my church. This is where I'd come and I would worship. And I would uh, come a different day, you know, to another place, come one day of the week to worship. That's, that's interesting. They continue on down the beach. They come to a third structure. And the captain is a little confused at this time. He says, well, I understand the home and I understand the church. Tell me about this. And he said, well, that's the church that I used to go to. <laughs> did she say that? Yes, she did. Gratefulness breeds contentment. And gratefulness helps us to understand what we have. And we say, thank you. And we begin to serve. And we say, thank you. By our serving, by our giving, by our sharing. Here, here's a habit to practice. Would you write this down? This is so simple, y'all. But so hard to remember sometimes. The habit to practice is see it, say it. Will you write that down? See it, say it. When I see something kind, let me be the first to run to the front of the line and say thank you. Make it a competition in your home. Say thank you. When I see it, say it. I am thankful for the. The second level of growing in gratefulness is I will practice gratefulness even though. I will practice gratefulness even though. Now let's pretend that David is coming to the stage now to teach us from Psalm 23. David was a writer of the Psalm and you know him from maybe as a shepherd or killing the giant. But this is the Psalm that says, the Lord is my shepherd. And you've probably heard this in songs or read at funerals, but let's look at verse number four and see what it says. It says this, even though, will you circle those words, even though? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. David is saying, I'm in a low spot right now. There's good things going on, but there's also bad things going on. He talks about the enemies in his life. And we don't know if he's running from Saul. We don't know if he's coming out of battle. We don't know if he's mourning the death of his children. But he's saying, even though... I'm walking through this dark time, even though you are with me. See, we aren't saying thank you for the cancer. We aren't saying thank you for the depression that's going on in my life. We aren't saying thank you because I've lost my loved one. We are saying that even though I'm walking through these times, you are with me. I told y'all this is the next level of gratitude. This is not the low shelf at the grocery store, okay? This is not Easy Mac. This is Crock-Pot macaroni and cheese. You know what I'm saying? When trouble is coming, praise Him more. To thank Him that He's with me. I could get weaker so that He gets stronger. Carly Keller, one of our amazing students, um, she spoke to our student ministry a few weeks back, and she said something so profound. She said, I can make God bigger with my praise so that my problems seem smaller. 
I make God bigger with my praise so that my problems get smaller. Because you know what? Every problem is small to God. Sometimes we say these ridiculous things, and I've felt this way myself, that, God, I just don't want to bother you with this very small thing. But can I tell you that every problem is small to God? Can I tell you that cancer is small to God? That the eradication of hunger in the world is small to God? Now, I'll be the first to say I don't understand timelines where God is concerned. I know we live in a fallen world, a sinful world. We're not in heaven yet. And so earth is going to be tough at times. But that doesn't change the fact that every problem is small to God. In fact, 1 John 4 and 4 says this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the what? When you praise him in your pain, it's preparation for your provision. When you praise him in your pain, you're preparing for what he's going to provide. There has come a time in my life and probably in yours, those of you that are further along in your faith, but I'm learning something these days, is that there is a time in every Christian's life when faith and trust collide. And it seems like they're the same, but can I tell you that they're not? I believe that there is a God that I can't see and I know that he can do things for me, but there are times when I don't see it that I have to trust and keep walking. My faith and my trust collide. My trust, no matter what I'm going through, even though I will walk with him. Can, I, can we just take a, a couple of minutes and I wanna do just a shallow dive into a couple of accounts in scripture where I think this comes together. Daniel chapter three. There's Shadrach, there's Meshach, there's Abednego. You may have heard of them. They were three Hebrew boys taken into captivity. But they served the one true God, the God that we serve. And so because they were so trustworthy, they were given responsibility. Now the king, Nebuchadnezzar, didn't share the same faith. In fact, he built an, a huge statue that everybody in the land should fall down and they should worship. He says, when the trumpets sound, when all the music plays, stop what you're doing and fall down and worship my statue. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, again, being of our faith, worshiping the one true God, the same belief, decided they would not do that. And sure enough, the trumpets sound, everybody falls down except for three people, these three boys. Now there's people who are jealous of them that tell on them. Have you ever had that happen? Even as an adult, isn't that crazy? So they take them to the king and say, these three are not obeying you, O king. And he likes these guys, okay? He likes them, he's given them responsibility. But he has to tell them because this is a command that even he can't reverse. And he says, listen, we've made this command. You have to bow down. If you don't, there's a fiery furnace right over here that we've heated up. And you're going to have to go into that fiery furnace and be burned up. And they say something amazing right here. This is where faith and trust collide. They say, King, we respect you but we're not gonna fall down and we're not gonna worship your statue. And you can throw us in the furnace and God will deliver us. But watch this. 
But even if, even though he may not, we're still not going to worship your, your statue. We're still going to worship the one true God. We're still going to follow him. We believe that he's able, faith. But even if he doesn't, we're going to walk with him, trust. They don't bow down. They get thrown in the fiery furnace. And the king looks in in fear and says, didn't we just put three people in there? And they say, yeah, we did. And he says, well, they're not being burned up. And there's a fourth man in there. And he looks like the son of God. Can I tell you that when you're walking through the fire, that the good shepherd from Psalm 23 is walking alongside you, even though I walk through the fire, I will not fear for you are with me. Mark chapter nine, a father, he's broken. Picture it. He's brought his son to every doctor. He has brought his son to disciples to pray for him and nothing has changed his circumstance. He is controlled by demons. He is possessed and nothing has changed it. And one day he comes in contact with Jesus and Jesus says, what would you have me do for you? And this broken man with tears probably in his eyes, this is his last chance, his last resort. And he says, if you can, please heal my son. And Jesus says something that seems a bit sarcastic and unkind. He says, if I can, are you asking a question if I can? But then he goes on to say, anything is possible to him that believes. And then the man says something I believe is the most profound sentence in the scripture outside of Jesus' words. He says, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I believe that's faith, but help me overcome my unbelief. That's trust. Even though I don't see it, I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. Even though you may not heal him, I still believe. That is when faith and trust come together. Jesus heals the boy and casts out the demons. If you want that kind of peace and trust in your life, can I tell you today, it begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. That Jesus wants to come in and if you'll pray this prayer that we provided for you inside your program, if you'll pray this prayer, otherwise, and, and, and mean it with all your heart, otherwise it's just words, but if you'll mean it with all your heart, then Jesus will come in, he'll start the work and he'll walk the journey with you. He will walk with you. And all we ask is just on the back of your connection card that you check this box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. We're not going to ask you to come down front, not going to ask you to raise your hand. We just want to pray for you this week, send you some stuff to help you along your journey. Would you do that today? Check that box. The habit to practice as we leave number two is this. Would you write this down? List what I am grateful for. List what I'm grateful for. When you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, remind yourself of what God has done for you. Write it down and tell him, thank you for what he's done. I think a man who did this so well was a man who lived in the 1800s. His name was Horatio Spafford. 
And Horatio lived in Chicago. He was a businessman. And he decided that he was going to take his family to Europe. And so, of course, in those days, you would have to board a ship and you would be taken there. And something came up at the last minute where he was going to have to stay back for business. And so he sent his wife, Anne, and his four children on ahead. And as they went ahead, something unfortunate happened. The ship met another ship and it crashed. And as the ship was sinking, Anne grabs her children on the deck and she begins to pray. But unfortunately, the ship went down. A lifeboat found Anne saved in the water, but her children were lost. And she telegrammed back to her husband, Horatio, in Chicago. And the telegram said, saved alone, what shall I do? Well, as Horatio boarded the first ship that he could to get to his wife, and as he went over the murky waters of the place near where his children were lost, he penned this, the words to this most famous hymn that was sung at my grandfather's funeral this summer that says this, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. How could a man who had lost so much still have a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness in the midst of this grief? His faith and his trust collided. Even though I walk through this dark valley, I will fear no evil. Number three. Now this level is graduate level, okay? This is the doctorate level. I'm not anywhere near this, okay? And some of you that have been there, maybe you can teach us. But number three is I will practice gratefulness because of. I will practice gratefulness because of. Paul is gonna take us, take the stage now. He's gonna take us to school. He has written most of the New Testament and now he is in a jail cell. And he's writing the book of Philippians to the Philippians. And this is what he says in the first chapter, verses 17 and 18. He says, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Ever had somebody stir up trouble for you? But what does it matter, he says. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Would you circle because of? Paul is saying, I'm in prison. And there's people that are preaching while I'm in prison to make a name for themselves. They're glad I'm in chains. And they're taking a selfish motive in order to get ahead in ministry, if that's possible at all. Not so much with a servant attitude. But he says there's other people that are preaching because they love me. And they're taking up the mantle and they're going to run with it in order that Christ may be preached. But then he stops and he says, but what does it really matter? Christ is being preached anyway. And because of this... I rejoice. Now, this is graduate level. 
Paul isn't praising God again or thanking him for the bad stuff. He is praising and thanking God because of what it is producing. He's rejoicing in what the pain and the process is bringing. This is advanced degree, y'all. This is purpose in my pain. There is purpose in your pain. There is purpose in your pain. Romans 8, 28, a verse that we use so frequently, but it, it's nevertheless true. It says this, and we know that God causes what? Everything. Some things, Everything. a few things, Everything, everything, every problem, every pain, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It's not all good, but it is for my good. It's not all good. We would be lying and we would be fake if we said that. It's not all good, but it is for my good. And we don't have to be inauthentic in, in being grateful even in the midst of pain because what you're doing is you're putting your, your flesh on the altar. You're bringing yourself to submission to God. God is working a purpose and a plan. Because if we don't do this, we fall into when and then thinking. And that is this. When this happens, then I'll be happy. When this happens, then I'll be grateful. But that's not God's will for us. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 tells us what God's will is for us. If you want to know, college students, if you want to know people that are, you're looking for your purpose, here's what God's will is for you. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Want God's will for your life? Here it is. What is it? Give thanks in all circumstances. Again, not for all just in all, because it's not all good, but in all, I can know God is working it out. We just finished a series called Your Opportunity for a Better Life, and if you missed any part of it, please go back and listen online or maybe on your podcast, wherever you listen. Pastor wrote a book called Your Opportunity for a Better Life where this series was based on. And if you haven't gotten that book, please go by the cafe and get one. But this story that I'm about to tell is in this book. And you can read more detail about it uh, if you do read it. But a lady by the name of Emily Frazone is a lady that we love so much. She served with a smile. But the, when she gave her life to Jesus, she was baptized here in this church. And then weeks later found out she had lung cancer. Stage four. And Emily, in the last year of her life, saw pastor upstairs. She was actually serving our students. And she saw him up there and she said, I want to stop and I want to say thank you. Because of this church and because of cancer, I've got an opportunity for a better life. Because of cancer, my family knows Jesus. Because of this church and because of cancer, we are financially better than we ever have been before. Because of this, we're closer as a family than we ever have been. My marriage is better. My finances are better. My spiritual life is better because of this. Emily passed away, but what she graduated in was gratefulness. 
And Emily understood that because of problems, it produces purpose. God never wastes a hurt, ever. And what I want you to do today is on the back of your connection card, would you take, I think this is a step that everybody can take. It says this, I will do my best to put these habits into practice to grow in gratitude. Would you do that? Just check that box that says, I'm gonna do my best to put these habits into practice. What is the last habit that we can put into practice? Here it is. Thank God for his purpose beyond what I can see. Write that down. Thank God for his purpose beyond what I can see. We can't always see it, can we? But we know he's with us. Now we're gonna leave today a little bit different. We're not gonna have an altar call today. We're gonna leave today praising and thanking the God who has blessed us. Are you blessed? Amen. Has, amen. Has he made your life better? Amen. Has he made your dead self alive? Amen. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. Let us not forget this Thanksgiving season that reminds us to be grateful for the, to be grateful even though, and to be grateful because of, because you are our God, because you have provided salvation, because you are our shelter in a storm. We will say thank you because we are grateful. Can we give him a hand, church? Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.